It took Noach 120 years to build the Teva. question is, why did it take so long? Why didn't he engage other people in the process? And so what we're going to see is that part of the goal of building the Teva was to arouse the people around him to do Teshuvah, and Noach understood that it was a direct instruction to him that he should make the Teva. We're going to examine whether the issue at hand over here was that there should be a Teva built, or is the action of building the Teva the focal point? And with that in mind, we'll also have a look at the mitzvah of sukkah, which has certain similarities to building the teva. So with regards to the duration of the building project, of building the teva, Isab Medrash, Medrash tells us, that he spent 120 years engaged in the building of the teva, and Rashi says the same thing. So that raises a question. What took so long? And why did he spend 120 years on building the Teva? And why didn't he do like we expect of most people? If you're given a mitzvah, you do it as quickly and as immediately as possible. Why didn't he do it with the, the greatest possible speed? particularly when you consider that this is a, an instruction that is relevant to the sustainability and the survival of the entire world. So it's a pretty important project. You'd expect a certain enthusiasm. And what's interesting is, Rashi doesn't even begin to allude to this question, let alone address it directly. So why did it take Noach 120 years? Now, you might be tempted to say, look, we know that not everything that Noach did is as praiseworthy as perhaps other tzaddikim. So perhaps this delay is actually something we should be critical of Noach about. That you cannot tell me. Because firstly, the Torah tells us that he was a righteous and sincere individual. And even according to the view which Rashi quotes, that some say he was only tzaddik relative to his generation, still, <laughs> But the Pasuk says clearly that when it came to this specific project of building the Teva, he did everything exactly as Hashem had instructed. So you cannot now be critical of Noach and say, the time frame was not as Hashem intended it. So it goes without saying that this particular instruction to build the Teva, Noach did perfectly. So if that's the case, why did it take so long? And another suggestion you might want to propose, which we're not going to accept is, seeing as Hashem had already previously indicated that he would tolerate bad behavior to a maximum of 120 years. Why 120 years in case the people will do tshuva? So maybe for that reason, you'd think, maybe Noach didn't feel this, this compulsion to be very quick on the construction of the table because he knew there's a 120-year window. Maybe instead of focusing on the Teva, maybe he spent the first uh, century out there trying to encourage people to do Tshuva. 
Logically, if you think about it, if Noach would have succeeded in arousing the people to Teshuvah, there would be no threat of a Mabel, there would be no need for a Teva. So maybe that's how it worked. Maybe he postponed the Teva project while going out and trying to encourage people to do Teshuvah. So that's another option that you might want to suggest, but we're not going to accept it for two reasons. Number one, when Hashem told him make a teva, Hashem did not put a time frame on it. So therefore, if Hashem didn't give him a deadline by which the teva had to be completed, then the correct approach would be get started immediately and do it as quickly as you can. And seeing as the Torah testifies to the fact that Noach fulfilled his obligation to build the Teva exactly as Hashem had wanted, so therefore it would be illogical to say he postponed it. Why would he postpone it? Even if his motivation was to get people to do Teva. If the Torah says he did it exactly as Hashem wanted, then that means he did it immediately. Number two, Now let's look logically. Even if logically you believe that the reason Noach may have postponed building the Teva is because he wanted to first work with the people to try and encourage them to do Tshuva, then that logically would mean that he had wait till the last few years and build then. And the first few decades he would have engaged with the people. But that's not what the Medrash said. The Medrash said that it took Noach 120 years to build the Teva. You cannot tell me that it took 120 years because he wanted to wait till the end in order to arouse the people to Teshuvah beforehand. Why did it have to take 120 years? That's the big question over here. Why such an Oizgeschlepter project? So the most simple answer would be, as Rashi himself and the Medrash both indicate, Why did Hashem instruct Noach to build the Teva? Despite the fact that, as Rashi says, there are many methods that Hashem could have used to save Noach and his family, why did he specifically give him the tedium of this particular project? Why, says Rashi, and the Medrash? Because Hashem wanted the generation of the time to see Noach engaged in this project for 120 years. And then, and they would ask him, what's this all about? And then he'd explain to them, it's because there is a Mabel coming, and hopefully they would do to Shiva. In other words, Nimza, that tells us straight away that the concept of getting the people to do Teshuvah and the idea of building the Teva are not two separate topics. It's the same thing. The actual construction of the Teva is a way by which he was trying to arouse them to do Teshuvah. So our suggestion that first try to get them to do Teshuvah, if that fails, then build the Teva makes no sense. Building the Teva is the most powerful way to arouse them to do Teshuvah. While this guy obviously takes it seriously, look how much time is invested. Look at this big project. Seeing as that is the motivation why to build the Teva, because he needs to arouse them to Teshuvah. 
Then if Noach drags out the building of the Teva, it's not in contradiction to his enthusiasm to do what Hashem wants. This is exactly what Hashem wants. The whole reason to build the Teva is that people should notice it and hopefully do Tshuva. So therefore, the longer he can hold their attention, the more he's actually doing what Hashem wants. He's creating this sensation. He's, he's creating this viral campaign to let people know that there, there's a marble coming they need to do to Shema. So why does it take so long to get them to wake up? The only thing is this isn't yet 100% clear because let's be honest. Does it take 120 years to get into people's heads that there's some strange project that Noach is working on and that they should ask questions? Let's say that he built the Teva in a year and then the Teva stood there in the town square for 120 years. It would still have the same effect. It would still, every time people passed it by, they'd say, what is this about? Noach really believes this stuff. You know, what's going to happen? So we're back to square one. Why then did he have to take 120 years of building? 120 years of the Teva standing would have done the same job. So we're back to square one. Why is Noach apparently so slow in his project? Surely he could have fulfilled Hashem's requirement and built the Teva forthright, immediately, quickly. And once the Teva is standing, he could have used that as his exhibit to the community. Say, look, you see? See the Teva? And he could go every single day and he could say, see the Teva? Remember that that's because there's a marble coming and you should do Teshuvah. So there's got to be something in the time frame that is relevant and, and integral to the story. So therefore, So you have to say that the bottom line is that somehow to fulfill the objective of the Teva, it needed 120 years. You can even hear this almost in the words of Rashi. Why did Hashem give him the, the, the work, the tircha, the, the stress of all of these years of this construction? It was important that people should see that he was engaged in the construction for 120 years. And then they would ask their questions. In other words, Hashem designed it in the first place that he would have to have this project extend over 120 years in order that the people of his generation should see what's going on. And from that, that should force them to ask questions which would wake them to Teshuvah. Not that Noach had the idea to drag out the construction in order to gain attention, but it's actually part of what Hashem told him. So let's understand that. Why would Hashem tell him that it should be 120 years? Actually, the explanation might be simpler than you would have thought. See, if you've got a big team, you can do a project quickly. 
one man building a teva of those proportions, it's actually surprising that he got it done in 120 years. When the Torah tells us that Hashem told Noach, you make this teva, so if I'm reading Pshat in the Pasuk, it's you make it. So it's pretty clear, says the Barbanel, that you, Noach, are the one who has to build the teva and don't outsource to anybody else. And if it's a one-man project. Hashem wants Noach to build the Teva himself. And more than that, based on what the Ragachava says, and we're going to focus quite a lot on what the Ragachava says over here. Any time that a mitzvah is proposed with the word, do it, that means that the action of doing is the mitzvah, not the product you'll have at the end. We'll come back to this again later. And the flip side as well, if a person is told that a certain um, behavior is forbidden to do, then a person only transgresses when they do, not if they cause in some indirect way for that particular result to happen. So what's the Ragachava telling us? Whenever the Torah uses the word say, it means the action is what counts. So let's plug that into the story of the Teva. When it comes to our story, which is building the Teva, seeing as the wording of the instruction is that Noach should make a Teva, that the doing, the construction is the Mitzvah, so then the mitzvah is not the outcome, the ark. The mitzvah is the construction. And if the, the construction was told to Noach, then the entire construction has to happen by Noach alone. He may not outsource. Are you going to say, but he could, be, he could make shluchim? Technically, halachically, he could not have included anybody as his shliach. Why? Let's assume that if there is an instruction that the Torah says, you do it. Let's assume that you could fulfill your obligation by outsourcing to a shliach. And let's assume that that proxy's actions would be considered exactly like your actions. That wouldn't work for noyach. Noach could not have appointed a Because in Halacha, for somebody who is a Ben Noach, and of course Noach falls into that category, they don't have the principle of your Shliach is exactly identical to you. So let's assume that it would be acceptable. If I have an obligation to fulfill a certain mitzvah, I could ask you to be my shliach, and it would be considered as if I did the mitzvah. That's fine because we're Jewish. And the Torah says that in Torah, in, in Jewish context, you could appoint somebody else to be literally an extension of yourself. But a ben noyach does not have that facility. And so if a ben noyach, if noyach himself, would have asked somebody else to assist him in doing the teva, then he would not lo- no longer be fulfilling the mitzvah. I say lecha that you have to do it. So now it's no longer a surprise that even though Noach was enthusiastic and driven and worked with speed, it still took him 120 years. 
In fact, Adrab, if you consider that he did it all alone, it's actually quite surprising that he managed to fit it in within a framework of 120 years. Such a massive project with one person doing it. Now let's home in for a second what the Rogachova told us. Because the Rogachova told us that whenever the Torah says the word assay, then what is most important is not the outcome, but the action that brings about that outcome. So the outcome of a built teva is not the focus over here. It's the action of constructing a teva that is the focus. Now that's going to help us understand this all a little bit better. Analyzing what the Rogachava says, there are two possible theories we could apply to the story of the teva. Is the main mitzvah of building the teva the building of the teva? Or is the main thrust of this mitzvah that there should, at the end of the story, be a built teva, and it's the result that the focus is, not the action of, of making the result. To be able to understand which of the two theories fits the story of the teva, we'd have to revisit why should there be a teva in the first place. So, if you take the most logical Obvious explanation. Why do you need a teva? To save those people Hashem wants to save during the mabul. Then, if that's the case, then there's zero value to the construction of the teva. The only value is the teva at the end. And that's how most people understand the story. Most people believe that Hashem wanted to create a facility by which Noyach could save himself and his family and the species of animals. So how you get to that final product is irrelevant. The main thing is, it is the savior of life. But if we take a different angle, and we say, that the actual construction program had an intention behind it. What's the intention? That people should see him. And they should ask questions. What's going on? That maybe it will arouse them to tshuva. In other words, what's the purpose? As Rashi said, there are many ways Hashem could have saved them. What's the purpose specifically of having a teva? To get into the heads of the population so that hopefully they'll do tshuva. If that's the perspective, then the actual construction itself is the mitzvah. Because the construction is what will wake the people to do tshuva. Now take that and plug it into what Rashi said. What did Rashi say? He said, Hashem has many avenues through which he could save whoever he wanted to save. So why did he give him the stress, the stress of building this particular structure in order that people should notice it and ask questions and hopefully do tshuva? So the fact that Rashi uses such a lengthy terminology. Why did Hashem create the stress of Noach building this structure? Rashi wants to explain Rashi is indicating that the question over here is not only why did Hashem choose a teva and not another means of saving them, but rather, because that's actually not such a big question, according to Pshat. Whatever Hashem chose, that's what He chose. But really, what Rashi wants us to know is, 
that according to nature, the best way to save people in a water scenario is through something that floats. So the Teva works. That's what Rashi doesn't even get into the things the Medrash says. Maybe there are other ways that Hashem could have saved uh, Noyach. Fly him up to heaven or, or just say a magic word and whatever. So what's Rashi really bothered by? Rashi wants to focus on the point, why did he have to have the tircha? Why did he have to have the stress and the time and the energy of constructing the teva? Rashi is illustrating to us that the question we have to ask ourselves is, why does Noyach personally have to have the, the stress of building the teva? Put it differently, why is it relevant to us that the construction of the of the teva is the mitzvah? In other words, why does Noach have to take this on as his personal project? What is it about building the teva that is important? Rashi says, because the purpose of the Teva is not just a submersive or a, a, a buoyant vessel that's going to save people. The purpose of the Teva is that people should notice the construction. And the entire strain of the project is designed to awaken the people around the project to do Teva. And through that, Rashi would resolve his question, why Noyach has to be hands-on, and why the building of the Teva has to take so long, and why it has to be done by him. In other words, there are two possible ways that we could define the purpose of the Teva, either, either as a, 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 an escape pod for Noyach and his family, or as a message to the community. We now see clearly that it's a message to the community, in which case the main part of building the Teva is the building itself. Still not 100% clear. We know, as the Rebbe often points out, Rashi's goal is to explain the simple understanding of the Pesukim. So, where do you see in the simple words of the Pshat of the Psukim that when Hashem told Noyach, make a Teva, that it means Tircha, that it means that it has to be this heavy-duty project. Where do you see in Pshat that Noyach has to build the Teva himself? Especially because according to Pshat, it's illogical to expect that a single individual could build such a massive Teva. Okay, so you're going to say, because it says, it means you do it. And it's addressing Noach, and it's telling us that Noach is the one who has to build the Teva. That's not going to be good enough, according to Pshat. Because this is an expression that is common in the Torah. Sometimes it means it's for your benefit. Sometimes it means take something which is from that which you own. So it must be that Rashi sees a flow in the Psukim that leads Rashi to conclude that it literally means you have to make the Teva. Why? Because listen to how it flows. First Hashem says, 
that's it. People have pushed me to the, to the, to the limit, and now I'm going to destroy the land. Then he says, make a teva. And only after that, as Hashem say, the way he's going to destroy the world through a flood. That's where the Torah identifies how the destruction will happen. So therefore Rashi concludes, look at that. The Torah has told us how this works. The instruction to build a Teva is not a result of the fact that there's going to be a flood. It's actually from before the fact that there's going to be a flood. That illustrates that the purpose of building the Teva is not just to have the finished product, a Teva in which Noach, his family, and the animals could escape. That there should be an escape pod. Therefore, you have to conclude, says Rashi, the fact that we get the details of building the Teva before we're told that there's going to be a flood, that tells you that the details of building the Teva are relevant even before there's a flood. How are they relevant before there's a flood? They're relevant to the people who are standing around watching the project, that hopefully it will arouse them to do tshuva and avoid the flood. Now, this is Rashi's explanation in Chumash. We're going to see that Rashi has a different explanation in the Gemara, and Rashi's approach in Gemara and in Chumash do not always have to work uh, together because they, they, they have different objectives. We've noted numerous times that Rashi's approach and style in explaining Chumash is different to, to Gemara. Despite the fact that in both cases, Rashi explains the simplest explanation. But it's logical to know that there's a difference between the simplest explanation of Gemara, which is oriented towards Halacha, and the simplest explanation of Psukim, which are oriented towards Pshat. Two totally different disciplines of learning. And therefore, it would never be appropriate to find a contradiction between how Rashi explains something in Chumash to how he explains it in Gemara, because it's two different approaches with different intentions. This is relevant in our scenario. When you have a look in Gemara Sukkah, there Rashi says, Noach did not build the Teva alone. His son, Shem, assisted. In fact, the same Rogachava, who we've just quoted as the backbone of our whole explanation over here, says with regards to that Gemara, that the fact that Shem assisted Noach tells us that the main thing was to have a finished product of a Teva, not the construction itself which is the exact opposite of what we're learning from Rashi. Because from Rashi, we're saying here in the Chumash that the main thing was the construction, not the finished product. There in the Gemara, it seems that the main thing was the finished product. So the Abir Bozed explanation is the Fipshut Eishol Mikra Ein Kol Remes B'Lashen Aksuvim Sheshem Siyah Biyad Noyach. If you take a look at the simple reading of the Psukim, there is zero evidence to the fact that anybody, including Shem, may have assisted Noyach. The fact that it, con- that it concludes by saying Noach did everything Hashem had said, that implies in line with what Rashi says, that actually Noach himself is the one who completed the entire pro- uh, project from start to finish. And that fits with the flow of the Psukim, if I'm analyzing the Psukim as Rashi on Chumash does. 
The fact that the last expression of the Pasuk was that you have to make the Teva. From that we learn that the main thrust of the, again, according to Pshat, the main thrust is, thrust is, the main thrust is that you should build the Teva. That's why, for example, the Medrash says, there's a reason behind the construction. What's the reason? Get people to do tshuva. Which is why, as we already concluded, the actual construction is the mitzvah. That's Rashi on Chumash. Whereas when Rashi is explaining the Gemara, then he has to explain in line with the approach of the Gemara, which is an Alachic approach. So what does it say in the Gemara? Number one, it says, the Gemara says that Noyach spoke to the people to arouse them to do tshuva. And the Gemara, Dafka, leaves uh, Noyach's work to try and arouse the people to, 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 to do tshuva separate from the construction of the Teva. And even when you read the full uh, content of the Gemara where it says, so the, it, it says in the Gemara that they asked the old man, why do you make this teva? And he said to them, because Hashem is going to bring a flood. There, the way the Gemara puts it, is not that they were asking him, why are you building the teva? As Rashi is pointing out here in Chumash, but rather they were asking, why is there a teva? Totally different approach. Second of all, the Gemara also doesn't say a word about the fact that it was a 120-year project. What does that show you? That if I'm reading the Pshat of the Psukim, it's 120 years of Noyach working on this project to awake the people to Tshuva. So Rashi will explain accordingly. But if I have a look in the Gemara, the Gemara doesn't talk about the 120 years and doesn't speak about the construction as the means to get people to do Tshuva. So Rashi and the Gemara is going to speak differently. So therefore Rashi commenting on the Gemara goes with the attitude of the Gemara that the purpose of the Teva was for one purpose only to help them escape. And any efforts on Noach's part to try and wake the people up to do Teshuvah was completely distinct from building the Teva. Which means that that Rashi is seeing in the Gemara that the Gemara feels that the purpose of the Teva, the mitzvah, was to have a finished product. Which is why it's logical that Noach himself did not have to construct the Teva according to the Gemara. So you could include other people like Shem, etc. And that's what Rashi comments on the Gemara because that's the Gemara's attitude. Take it a step further. The truth is, to minimize the contradiction between Rashi's two views, you could actually say that even when Rashi comments on the Gemara, he still believes that the primary mitzvah is the construction, not the product. But Rashi would say, perhaps we follow that view that says that one Ben Noach can appoint another Ben Noach as his Shliach. And based on that, 
even if Shem did participate, it's still considered as if Noach is building the Teva himself. Because Shem would have been Noach's Shliach. Whereas when Rashi is commenting on the Torah, Rashi goes according to the Pshat. And what's Pshat? According to Pshat, if you're told to do a job, you have to do it. You can't outsource. Outsource is a concept we learn in Halacha. It's not something that you could see in Pshat. And therefore, definitely, without a question, if it's Noyach working on the Teva, it's got to be Noach himself working on the table according to Pshat. Okay, so what do we have? Basically, what's important to us is that in, in the Chumash, Rashi is clearly of the view that it was the construction that's the primary mitzvah. Therefore, it had to be done by Noach himself, and its purpose was to arouse the people to Teshuva. Could be the Gemara feels differently, or it could even be that the Gemara still sees the construction as the mitzvah according to Rashi, except that there is an opinion that Rashi could, uh, sorry, that Noach could include other people as Yishluchim, and it would still be acceptable. The Rebbe always points out that when you have multiple commentaries on a single Pasuk, they are all related. Same applies here. One of the other explanations, in addition to the fact that as we've explained it here, that Rashi says, you know I have to do this project yourself, the Rogachava also invokes one of the better known interpretations of Lecha, the materials have to be yours. So the Rogachov says, not only did Noach have to build the Teva himself, but all of the materials that he used had to belong to him personally. So these two commentaries must be linked. The fact that the Rogachov suggests that the materials for building the Teva had to belong to Noach must be linked to the principle that the construction of the Teva is the main focus, and therefore it had to all be done by Noach himself. So to understand how the two link together, the fact that the materials must belong to Noach, and the fact that Noach has to build the Teva himself must, uh, w- not must, it, w- it will become clearer once we understand the same kind of language with regards to a sukkah. Because it's very interesting that the sukkah and the Teva have a lot in common. Chasidus explains that in many respects the sukkah is similar to the Teva. Both of them convey the principle of peace. In Noach's Teva, there was this unusual supernatural kind of peace where you had predators and prey and all kinds of aggressive animals in one space and there was absolute peace between them. A foretaste of the time of Mashiach where no animals will, will harm. And likewise, the Sukkah, as we know very well, carries and conveys the theme of peace. As we say, Hashem, extend your canopy of, of peace over us. To the fact, to the extent that the Gemara says that the entire Jewish nation deserves to sit in a single sukkah because it's its absolute unity. So what do we see in the language of building a sukkah? Just like it says over here, make for yourself a teva. So it says, you should make for yourself a sukkah. 
Now, the, the points that we've just raised about the Teva, that the construction itself is the mitzvah, not just the finished product. And secondly, the fact that the, the materials you use have to belong to you, which is what the Rogat pointed out, and Gimel, and the purpose of building the Teva was for the sake of saving people. You're going to find these three themes reflected in the Sukkah as well. Building the sukkah is already a mitzvah. To the extent that the Talmud Yerushalmi says it's actually a brocha to make over building the sukkah. So, similar, right? Secondly, ideally, the sukkah should belong to you, even though you could fulfill the mitzvah with somebody else's sukkah, but it should belong to you. Why do we sit in a sukkah? To remind all of the generations. That Hashem protected us with sukkahs when we left Mitzrayim. Just as Hashem put the clouds around us in the midbar to protect us from the extreme heat and from the sun, so we make these sukkahs that are supposed to be shelters for us. In other words, it represents the theme of, of being saved. So there's a similarity, right? Both of them, the construction is the mitzvah. Both of them should be of your own materials. Both of them have the theme of salvation. Yet there is a distinction between them. As we've already illustrated, Noach had to build the whole teva himself. You don't have to build your own sukkah yourself. You could appoint a shliach to build your sukkah on your behalf. You could have a team working on your sukkah. There's a distinction. Number two, the teva had to be of materials that belonged to Noach from start to finish. To the extent that it's named the teva of Noach. Whereas with the sukkah, you could fulfill the mitzvah in somebody else's sukkah or borrowing a sukkah. Because that is already considered like yours. Okay, so they're not exactly identical, but there is clearly a link between the sukkah and the teva. So to understand this, let's see what really was Noyach's primary means of serving Hashem through making a, a, a teva. Now, very famously, we know this. The Zoya makes the distinction between how Noach behaved and how other tzaddikim behaved. So the Zoya is critical of Noach and says, He didn't daven for the world to be saved. Which is why later on, the Mabel is actually referred to as the waters of Noach. It's almost like he's blamed for it. They're, they're attributed to Noach. The, the flood waters are attributed to Noach because he didn't daven for the world to be saved. Where a subsequent tzaddikim, they lay their lives down to protect their generation. Like Moshe Rabbeinu said, take me out of the Torah if you're not going to save the hidden, etc. So the Dechari Yesh It's actually a really good question you could ask at this point. What do you mean Noach didn't care about the people? Didn't he just work for 120 years going around trying to get people to do tshuva? Obviously he cared about his generation. If he cared enough to try and rebuke them, why did he not care enough to daven for them? 
The explanation is incredible and it carries such a powerful lesson for us. It's the difference between doing what you need to do and really engaging with what you should do. Noach didn't daven for the people because the fact that he rebuked them was on Hashem's instructions. He didn't feel that he had to wake them up. Hashem told him to, so he did it. So that's why Hasidus says, Noach didn't throw himself fully into making sure that his that his rebuke would be effective. Why did he rebuke him? Because he had been instructed to. And that's why he didn't have the same degree of Messias Nefesh. Let's say, for example, Moshe Rabbeinu had, because he was just, I, I did it. You asked me to do it, I did it. Whereas with Moshe Rabbeinu, he cared about the Yidden. In fact, he cared about them so much that if something was going to impact the Jews, it was as if it impacted him directly. So therefore, Mosar Nafshoi Avura, he gave, he literally put his life on the line for them. He davened and he pushed and he did everything in his power to the extent to say, take me out of the Torah if you're not going to grant us. That's the distinction between Noach's Teva and the Sukkah. The Sukkah is obviously through Moshe and Har Sinai. The fact that Noach did not daven and storm the heavens to save his people is actually expressed in the construction of the Teva. The Teva that he built, as well, at the same time that he's using it to wake people up, how big is the Teva for himself? It was never designed for everybody else. Meaning to say, that's why he had to build it, that's why he had to pay for it. It was to the exclusion of everybody else, which is indicative of Noach's attitude. You told me to build it, I'll build a tape. You told me to wake up the people, I'll wake up the people. There's no concept of Messias Nefesh. Let me find a way to help the people, even if they can't help themselves. Whereas after Torah, when you now have this concept of a Jewish nation that is a single organism, especially after the Eden entered Eretz Yisrael, where they had to make, the, as the Gemara Sota tells us, the whole covenant of each person is responsible for every other Jew, so therefore it became literally one single conglomerate. Which means that to me, your Metzius is vital. I can't just care about myself. Particularly any mitzvah where the unity of the Jewish people is expressed openly in that mitzvah, a mitzvah sukkah, like the sukkah, where the whole theme of the sukkah is the theme of peace. So if somebody else builds the sukkah, it's possible for that to be considered as if it's my sukkah. Because now there's a new reality that did not exist at the time of Noyach. There's a reality of a singular nation where everybody is interconnected. 
And therefore, it's possible for you to be in somebody else's sukkah, and it's considered like your sukkah. And you can fulfill your mitzvah of your sukkah because you and that other Jew are essentially like a single organism. Massive shift, massive change. And of course, uh, you could almost read between the lines over here. You almost can't hold Noach responsible for not having that attitude at his time because this is a chiddush after Matan Torah.